This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast on a Friday. What's up? What's happening? Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson, and Logan, we have the 16th pick. It is Emmanuel Forbes. It was indeed the Commander's who took it. Uh, unlike many of our uh, mock drafts and trade scenarios where we, we tried to trade down uh, or, you know, did trade down some commanders ultimately stay put Ron Rivera saying afterwards, they didn't get any calls this year, um, which by the way, not very surprising because the pick right before them, the jets took forever. And I'm assuming that was because they wanted to trade down and nobody wanted to come up and bite. And I would say once that happened, I figured the commanders were probably going to have to stay put at 16 that if there was no one biting on 15, why would you, why would you bite on 16? Uh, and thus they stay put and they take the guy who was the number one corner on their board or outside of, of Devin Witherspoon. So number two overall in Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi state, six, one, one sixty six, So extremely light, but incredible production at Mississippi state ball Hawk, which is exactly what they wanted. What do you make of the pick? Yeah, I mean he's um, he's he's an interesting guy because like when you when you turn on the film, I think when you watch you know Witherspoon, Gonzalez, Banks, Porter, and Emmanuel Forbes, all those kind of top guys, he's the guy that to me, you know, outside of Witherspoon, probably has the most consistent tape. You know, it's it's his tape is very very good. You know, he, he's playing zone, he's playing a little bit of man, not as much as the other guys, but lots of zone, great feel for matching concepts, great instincts in space, which Ron talked about quite a bit, and that again. They, they had some analytic measurements for that, but when you watch the film, that shows up pretty definitively. And like literally the only reason he's not your top tier second flight corner and you put I put Banks above him, I probably I put Gonzalez above him, is just the size. So if you're okay with that, if you're okay with the size metric um, and the durability issue, because everything he does on film is great. He tackles great. He's instinctive. He's got great recovery speed. He tracks the ball well in the air. He's competitive at the catch point. Like I, the only thing I would, if I was going to give one criticism of his of his play style, sometimes he's a little bit out of control. Like his footwork's a little bit off. But then the more you watch him, you kind of realize like that's just how he is. He's kind of got this. You would understand this coach and sprinters. He's got this really kind of forward tilt to his run. So his back pedal mm-hmm. sometimes looks a little awkward. But that's just kind of him. So I don't think it's deleterious in any way. It's just. Literally the only thing about his film and about the process that makes you a little bit nervous because you talk to guys in the building, you talk to guys at the combine, you talk to guys, you know, Fred, who talks to guys at Mississippi State, he's wired the right way. He's hyper competitive, like check, 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 right? All the boxes are checked. It's just this one thing is the 166. And I don't want to say it's insignificant, right? It's significant enough that like makes me nervous. And it's because there's been one player like drafted 
since 2000, whatever, 2000, there's like some tw- like 25 year period that's played in the NFL at that body weight. So it's not like just a throwaway statistic because there's not a precedent for it, but the film is good. The guy seems like he's the right type of guy. I haven't talked to, I talked to him a little bit last night. He seems like he's ready to rock and roll. So I don't know, man. It just, it's, it's it literally comes down to, are you okay with the 166 number? Yeah. The way I put it on Twitter last night is I'm lukewarm, but optimistic. Um, because like you said, if he can overcome the 166 in the way he did in college, where it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. Um, the, the one big thing that I, again, just a point of clarity more than like a negative is how do they actually line it up in 2023? Um, and it sounds like Ron Rivera hasn't really decided yet. It sounds like there's going to be some kind of competition and who knows injury can always play a part. Uh, but you now have three outside corners. I guess you could kick Kendall back inside. He wasn't very good the last time that he played there. He was incredible there when he was there in 2017. He was literally PFF's top graded slot corner, but that was at a different stage of his career. St. Juice started inside. Yeah, different system as well. St. Juice, uh, obviously they started inside last year. They could go back to that, but that's a question for the spring. That's a question for the fall. Uh, as for now, you got a good football player yeah. to position you needed. And and I do think that that we were talking a little bit before the show and, you know, you, you made a good point. Like Fuller, even if he's here for this year, like long term, he's not. Um, and so this is a good process to get the guy in here and make sure that he is ready to go. Maybe he's not quite ready yet, probably is. But just in case, like you have some insurance, uh, it's good to have depth. And, and this is a position long term that you definitely had a need at. They'll figure out the slot thing. They play a ton of Buffalo. So I yeah. mean, that's going to be the the solution primarily anyway. My biggest question, though, Logan, is like, why him versus Gonzalez? Um, yeah. I know Gonzalez was higher on your board. We did not think Christian Gonzalez would fall that far. He's got a lot of the similar stuff as Forbes. Obviously, he doesn't have quite the production in terms of interceptions. Um, but he's 6'2", 205. Like, he's prototypical size, yeah. incredible athletic ability. Um, it just seems like that should be the guy, but if, I mean, you look at Forbes numbers and they're crazy, like he has multiple interceptions every year of his career. He comes in as a freshman at Mississippi state and has five interceptions. Like that's nuts. Six touchdowns. Like what, like that's crazy or gave up, sorry, six touchdowns, uh, you know, but five interceptions that first year and then just gets better and better three interceptions his sophomore year. And then ultimately six in, in his final year, Mississippi state, like. This dude is is in a, has the instincts and kind of stuff that you can't teach. And if that's what they want, and and Ron said that's exactly what Jack Del Rio kind of put out as the this is what I need. Then I get it. I get yeah. it. So I'll say this: I think you know Christian Gonzalez was slightly ahead in the same way that like Trayvon Walker was slightly ahead of Aiden Hutchinson last year in terms of defensive ends, or Tyree Wilson was talked about maybe being taken ahead of Will Anderson this year. And I think it's because he is that freaky athlete. He's incredibly smooth in coverage. I think the thing that sticks out to you about Christian Gonzalez is you're projecting his production a little bit to the next level, right? You see the traits, you see the tools. And I will say the one thing about Forbes, like good on him, is every week he's going to war in the SEC. Every single week he's going to get up against some of the best receivers in football throughout his career. You know, he started as a freshman at Texas A&M. So every week he's getting battle tested. And I will say this, Christian Gonzalez against Georgia week one last year did not look very comfortable against top flight competition, you know, and I'm sure, you know, talking with Ron last year about their draft process, like he values guys. And we've talked about this in terms of the types of qualities you're looking for at the position is top flight 
high, highly competitive programs, usually in the SEC, playing good competition every week and how you do against the best competition in college football. And Forbes, again, talk about boxes that were checked. Forbes checks that box like dramatically. It's a huge check there for him. And I think with Christian Gonzalez, it's a little bit more of a question mark, you know? So you mentioned the instincts, like obviously Forbes' instincts are off the charts, but he's also battle-tested. He, I mean, he has been through it in terms of the receivers he's had to play against. So I think when you just step back and look at it, right? Like I said, I, the only reason, and it's a very close margin. So like for me, like he was my third quarter in tier two, right? So Witherspoon's tier one, Gonzalez, Banks, and Forbes, right? I kind of ended up switching uh, Joey Porter Jr. out last week um, late in the process when I was watching more film and talking to Fred, obviously. And the thing that the only, the, literally the only reason he's the third guy and not the second guy is just the, the, the stature. That was the, like, like I, I, there's no other reason. Like his film is awesome. His level of competition is awesome. He tackles. He's got great ball. But like it's, people are freaking out, you know, like, oh, he's not big enough. Like his film is, he doesn't play like he's 166. I'll tell you that right now. It's just, I was, yeah, and that, I, that was something Ron said and Mayhew said in, in the pressers. Like if you'd wa just watch the tape and you don't look at the scouting report, you don't look at the measurables, you never know he was 166. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Like, I mean, I literally thought like when I was watching him, he's like, he's a skinny guy, but he looks like he's probably 180, 185. You know, like he's 6'1", 6'2". Very, very reasonable. He's not the biggest guy, but I think it's, again, it's just that is such an outlier. You know, like that that's the only reason. Like, I wish I had some like deeper analysis here. Like, I liked everything I saw from him. And like I said, sometimes he gets a little over his skis, gets a little bit too aggressive in terms of anticipating stuff, which is one of the things you like about him because you get all that ball production off of him. That's the only thing. Like there was a, a play against, I forget who it was, gosh, uh, was it against Alabama? Alabama maybe, where they're running a bubble screen. He jumps the bubble screen. They throw the double move over top. He's able to recover because it's a college receiver because he's got that 4-3 speed and make an interception. But that's the type of stuff that makes you a little bit nervous at the next level. Like those little moments of like, oh, I'm going to make this play. Like do those compound? And I'm sure he's going to learn. Like that was the thing. Like we had an interview with him like right after he was selected over Zoom, you know, with Julie and uh, B. Mitch. And one of the things I, I said, you know, like what is like what do you attribute your like your your your, your proficiency in space to? And he's like, honestly, I just study film. I understand concepts. I understand how teams are trying to attack my zone. And that that just kind of quelled all concerns I had about any of that kind of footwork stuff. You know what I mean? Any of that kind of overly aggressive stuff. Because he's a guy who studies. He understands what he's looking at. So, again, in terms of a guy who's ready to go, the most ready to go outside of Devin Witherspoon in this class, he is ready to go. And that's I, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic about the pick. And I, like we talked about, I think ideally you'd want to trade back out of 16, but I don't think anybody right. called. I don't think anybody was there for it. You know, and that was something we talked about extensively on the show. Like they're in kind of that weird spot in the draft where I, I had someone, I was, one of my buddies called me last night and was like, I really think Seattle taking Devin Witherspoon at five, as opposed to Tyree Wilson really screwed them over for a trade back position. Because if you think about it, 
if Tyree Wilson, if if they take Tyree Wilson and Christian Gonzalez is sliding, talk about a guy that fits Seattle to a T and they know Washington wants to take a corner. So how easy would it have been to go from 20 to 16 for Seattle unless to get back in that 20 range and they still would probably get Emmanuel Forbes. So, right. Yeah. Right. And while looking at like banks going to at 25, like it definitely would have been advantageous to, to trade back and you get someone in that range, but Forbes was their guy. And like it, it, we talked about like kind of the, the phrasing of stick and pick. They yeah. got stuck. They yeah. had to pick and they, they got the guy that they wanted and, you know, Ron called his shot in the morning, um, which wasn't exactly a hard shot to call though. And, and that's kind of the point, right? Is it wasn't a hard shot to call because there was basically zero chance that Emmanuel Forbes wasn't going to be avail- available. Right. I guess there were some surprises to guys that went before them that we did not expect Jameer Gibbs, for instance, yeah. uh, like you're, you're pretty stunned that he comes off the board as early as he did, yeah. but there was, there was, you know, a 99.5% chance that Emmanuel Forbes was going to be on the board for you at 16. The question is, would you be able to trade back to 18, 19, 20, yeah. 25, and still get Forbes plus pick up another pick? Ultimately, the answer was no. Uh, oh, darn, we got the guy who's not really that big of a reach. Um, the other thing I want to say about Forbes real quick, though, that I don't know that I fully appreciated until you, you're like, oh, he's really the guy, and you dive in a little bit more. Like, he's light, but he's not it's not like he's also small. He's not 5'8", 166. He's like 6'1", 6'2". Yeah, he's like 6'1 and a half. And so, Third so, tall guy. Yeah, and so when, yes, is he going to get bodied by A.J. Brown? Sure. So did Benjamin St. Just. So did basically every other corner in football. <laughs> but, you know, when you talk about some of these other longer, you know, receivers that aren't quite the powerhouse that an A.J. Brown is, he's going to be fine in terms of a length situation. You're not going to be able to just go throw jump balls over him all day and pick on him in that way. The way that teams might try to pick on him is obviously like a screen game situation, which is risky. Like you said, he can jump it and uh, that becomes, and he's not afraid to stick his nose in there, um, but make him, make him a, you know, not a pass defender, but a run defender. And then obviously with that in mind, running straight at him. And that's the thing why like you don't have the position flex of being able to put him in the slot because he is too light. That's where the weight matters. Because yeah. if guards and tight ends and tackles get out on him, that's that's bad news bears. I will say though, but, he's like to your to that to that point, like in terms of yeah. being like his I think you I expected like when I watched him, again I said he plays like he's one eighty five or one ninety, probably one eighty five, let's be real here. But he's a good tackler. He's a he's a willing tackler. You know, right. he like throws right. his he's willing to come up he, and, and yeah. a, he's not gonna just get blocked by a receiver. Yeah. Like he's slippery enough to get around those guys. If you know, if, yeah, sure. If you have a great blocking receiver on the edge, um, but that's most corners as opposed to you know, a guy who's just like going to get, you know, escorted out the club uh, <laughs> down, down down the sideline. And uh, all of a sudden you never have an edge in the run game. Like that's not what we're talking about here, but it does eliminate again, that, that inside stuff where he might wind up on a guard and that's where you're worried about him getting completely demolished, you know, but I, you know, not just, I'm not even talking about injury, just like complete non-factor yeah. overmatched. Um, but on the on the durability injury front, uh, good point by Mayhew and Rivera and their presser as well. This is a dude who's a three-year starter and may have missed a couple of practices, but yeah. has never missed a game. Right. So even though he's undersized in the weight uh, in the weight category, he hasn't had any issues in terms of missing games. I don't know. Ron, Ron was pretty, pretty vague about this, but he said they had some you know medical testing that made them feel really good about his injury history. And I know Sam Forty had an article that came out talking about yep. some of the new stuff that they're doing. So I don't know. I have no idea what the testing was, 
but you know maybe some of that kind of new analytics you know injury pre- prevention data is something that factors yeah. into them making this decision as well so I know Sam's article was based off stuff that they did at Exos. Yeah. Forbes was not an Exos guy. Um, I know because I checked last night because uh, right. I always love to have the trainer on if uh, that'd be cool if he's an Exos yeah. guy. Um, so I got to figure out where he trained and then I'll get in contact with whoever that was. But he was Forbes is not an Exos guy. But I'm, I'm an, assuming that Exos as an example. Uh, isn't the only ones with the test. Yeah, as an example. Uh, I, I presume that, that uh, Chad and the strength staff at, at the commanders and most NFL teams have the same kind of testing and a lot of the other facilities that do the combine training do as well. So yeah. Yeah, um, the bone density and, and stuff like that. 